Philosophy Friday, and uh, looking at some Marcus Aurelius. Happy Friday to you. Uh, we're coming to the end of our Sojourner Pod week and the end of the week, and I'm sure everyone's happy it's Friday. And uh, we get into that that uh, weekend where at the end of, of every hard period of walking through the wilderness, we get to take that oasis refuge in the church. That's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, it's my first time preaching this week after holiday um, for a while, and, and I've been taking the chance to check out some other churches, so I'm looking forward to Sunday getting back at it and just hanging out with my my own local church family. It's just something about it, isn't it? It's just you form a good connection with brothers and sisters, and it's just, um, yeah, I miss them. And I miss uh, just uh, the, the worship there. And um, and so it is, it, I, I feel like Sundays are just such a awesome refresher to the Sojourners week. And uh, so we're on Friday. We're nearly there. Uh, tomorrow is usually a bit of a holiday for people, or a bit of a rest day anyway, so trust that you're doing good. Um, all right, Fr- Philosophy Friday, what I want to do is just um, think a little bit uh, with you. We haven't talked about the Stoics for a while, and I just want to throw a few Stoics in there um, just to get you thinking in terms of ancient philosophy and just you know how it intersects with Christianity. Um, I've said a lot already by way of you know, showing the positive um, uh, parallels we might draw from many of the Stoics and uh, what they've taught. I wanted to just show a little bit also about where they differ, and uh, it's important to pick this stuff up, but even in the thinking about where the Bible differs from uh, the worldview of the Stoic philosopher or the Christian worldview disagrees with the um, the, the Stoic worldview or where, let's say, Aurelius disagrees with Jesus, uh, that's probably the best way to put it, um, we are, I think, helped in coming to a greater clarity on our own position and uh, we we're forced to think through these things. So yeah, here's just a brief snippet from uh, Aurelius's Meditations. If you don't know who uh, Aurelius is, uh, let, me, let me pull up a quick dirty, nasty summary from uh, our all-trusted source, Wikipedia. It says, Marcus Aurelius, called the philosopher, was a Roman emperor from 161 to 180. He ruled uh, the Roman Empire with his adoptive brother, Lucius Verus, until Lucius' death in 169. He was the last of the rulers traditionally known as the five good emperors. Uh, He wrote uh, that work, Meditations, which I truly recommend. It's great. Um, obviously, you have to <clears throat> read it with discernment, but um, so be it. Um, here is one snippet from that. Um, let me just bring it up. All right. Uh, he says, what is the best way to avenge a wrong? If you retaliate in kind, returning evil for evil, your attacker succeeds in dragging you down to their level. Instead, Take the insult or injury and transform it into a means of becoming a better person. This is the only true vengeance. Right. Now, what I wanted to do is just consider with you how this is, uh, in some ways, immediately, obviously, very similar to the kind of thing that Jesus taught about in that, you know, you have someone who is... um, 
attacking you or he is doing evil to you or whatever it is. Um, and, and, you know, the, the obvious question there is how, how do we live the good life? How do we respond well? How do we respond in a, in an ethically good way? Um, and everyone will have uh, their worldview that informs that question. Uh, for the Christian, of course, we, we look to the constituent being of God and his moral law as revealed to us in Scripture and as um, exposited to us by Jesus and uh, clarified for us uh, in the New Testament. And we, uh, we see Jesus very clearly teach that we're not to uh, retaliate. Now, of course, <clears throat> I should also mention this is not dealing with so much a... Um, a self-defense situation. I think there is a whole different category for that, and the Bible has stuff to say about that. Where you know, obviously, if you see if you walk if you walk down the street and you see someone attacking someone else, I mean, it is a loving, an obviously good, loving thing to to help that person, and that would mean that you'd have to fend off the attacker and so forth. And the same is true uh, if you know someone's breaking into your house, you're protecting your family, whatever it is. Um, it's kind of a different category. What we have here is more just of an insult, an attack in that sense, something that um, uh, doesn't necessarily uh, require retaliation for self-preservation. Um, it doesn't, um, it might be by way of, of um uh, some sort of verbal attack or um, uh, perhaps a smearing of your reputation or I don't know, uh, you could help me figure out what that might look like. But basically, um, we know, of course, the turn the other cheek teaching of Jesus and uh, specifically in its, uh, I think, most succinct context, you're looking there at persecution. If someone ridicules you for being a follower of Christ or <clears throat> wants to... Um, uh, smear your reputation as a Christian or, you know, just is basically uh, uncivil toward you or is paying you evil in any way, shape or form for that reason. Uh, that's not a self, you don't, you don't want to go jujitsu the guy, you don't want to go and, um, you know, it's not one of those things where you want to retaliate. Um, but Jesus was provocative in what he said because he was like, listen, just turn the other cheek, let him have his full, like, just take it. In other words, um, the the wrong that is is um, is being dished out on you um, is not to be in any way resisted, but if anything, to be uh, embraced in the form of uh, an encouragement that that you, like Jesus, and like the prophets that have gone before, um, can rejoice that that you have walked the same uh, line, as it were. You have, um, you have experienced the same hatred for the same good reasons. And obviously, if we've caused uh, a person or provoked them to retaliate against us or pay evil towards us, this is not what's in view either, but uh, more in towards that unprovoked kind of um, persecution again. Anyways, all to say that um, you see an overlap here in that obviously Aurelius is, is trying to help and, and help people to not retaliate uh, in in those in those situations where uh, they're not under any sort of threat, um, not to sort of embroil themselves in needless controversy and not to uh, be brawlers. And so, in all those things, there's an overlap with uh, the ethos of Christianity and Jesus's teaching. 
But there is also a big, big difference. And um, I'll read it again. Hopefully you can pick this up with me. Um, If you retaliate in kind, returning evil for evil, your attacker succeeds in dragging you down to their level. Right now, that to some extent or or another, we might um, we might agree with. Um, but indeed, take the insult. So there's the same idea of turning the other cheek. Take the insult or injury and transform it into a means of becoming a better person. This is the only true vengeance, and that's where the difference lies. With the Christian approach, you turn the other cheek not in any way undermining the evil that's been done to you. You don't in any way sweep it under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. Uh, You acknowledge immediately that this is an evil done against you that does require vengeance uh, and true vengeance, but that any kind of, you know, it's just not going to be enough for you to become a better person to repay this. This evil needs to be dealt with by a just judge. And that's exactly what the Christian hope is. We allow God to judge. We, uh, we, forbear we uh, love those who oppose us we hand all judgment into god's hands we know that all men will be judged fairly uh, either as they stand before god by their own works or in christ and we we uh, move along in that paradigm which allows us to deal with the evil uh, knowing that there's no ultimate injustice in god's uh, as god will deal with it and therefore turn the other cheek um, now forbearing in love um, knowing that in and through the show of of this um, opposite spirit, you might indeed win the person over to the love that, that God has shown uh, for him in sending Christ to die for him uh, despite his wrongdoing. And so there's a there's a desire now to to um, show the grace that we've received and to love the enemies as God has loved us uh, for the sake of the gospel, rather than to you know, commit the atrocity of um, trying to bring a false justice ourselves and in the process communicating really a false gospel, uh, which often happens when you got things like theonomy creeping in and reconstructionism and just any kind of Christians taking other Christians to, you know, lawsuits and uh, all sorts of things we could talk about there. But anyways, um, coming back to this issue of, of where uh, the Stoics would go, I think it's, it's well represented here by, by Aurelius, uh, where... You know they don't believe that all things are going to be just, justly judged and um, truly brought to the light, and uh, everything justice will be perfectly meted out. So they can't trust in that. So they're frustrated by that. So and yet they still have to deal with the same reality of of someone paying them evil for no real reason, um, or for an unjust reason, and so uh, they have to try and figure out a way to make it okay, to make it somewhat fair. And, um, and so they use, this is the best shot they have, uh, take what that person's doing, you sort of, uh, you throw it in their face by actually doing what they don't expect and, and bec- making yourself uh, a better person as a result. Now, what's interesting is that that principle on its own is okay. You know, that, that's a good idea. Turn your critics into your coaches, you know. Amen. Uh, and to to be, to self-improvement is is not a sin. And if, if anything, we must. We must be determined to become better people and more sanctified. And, and there are all sorts of channels and, and ways that we would approach that. But um, the issue is, you know, what I'm wanting to expose here or point out more than expose is the 
the flawed nature of this worldview. It's never going it, to, it reminds me a little bit of Buddhism as it deals with evil. You know, it's essential to the Buddhist idea is that you have to deny that evil actually is evil to deal with the problem of evil. And so, all you, you know, you're always going to be looking at really bad things and trying to convince yourself that you've got it together with your worldview um, by just by just you know it's all balancing out and, and evil's not really evil and, and that sort of thing. Whereas uh, you know the power of the Christian worldview is that you come along and you say yes that is evil yes that is wrong that is totally unjust that curls my blood at every level. But I leave uh, I trust that I can't even give perfect justice. The only one who will and can do that is God and uh, God has given all men grace and in through Christ who if they receive him will uh, receive the perfect uh, uh, justice and even carry the wrath that they should have carried or they themselves will carry it they themselves will bear it uh, in, in a way that will reflect their eternal state and and uh, and so you know a Christian can look at that and deal with it and feel it and know that it, it you don't have to convince yourself it doesn't exist evil is there same thing with this in that, you know, you're either going to buy this, in which case the best way you have, as Aurelia said, to get to, to make yourself feel that there is some way to bring about justice and fairness in the world is by becoming a better person. And while that might be a good thing in and of itself, it's just not enough. It's anyone being really truthful with themselves will know that that's not that's not perfect justice. The evil will not ultimately be repaid that way. And, you know, wickedness uh, is something that is, it remains intolerable no matter how good you get from it uh, or how improved you become from it. Uh, it's almost a different category entirely. And so I think one of the benefits for me in reading the, um, and I wanted to mention this example just uh, as a bit of a snippet to show this uh, idea, but reading through, I don't know what it is about Greek philosophy and um and uh, the Stoics in particular, but it's just, I suppose, they're so helpful. They're so on the same track in so many ways, and yet so different from Christianity. And I find the exercise of, of reading through their material, it just switches on uh, this, this uh, or let, let me put it this way, it, it, um, it strengthens and advances and facilitates uh, a growing discernment in me, which I think is very, very helpful. You, you then take that into the rest of life, and you watch just you know you watch movies you watch whatever and you're employing the same level of discernment you're you're learning to agree and disagree and you're constantly asking yourself why that is why that isn't and uh, you you're constantly being sent back to the scriptures as your primary source of authority to figure out what you actually believe so often so many times I'll be reading through uh, one of the Greek philosophers and asking myself do I actually believe this and I have no idea and that sets me on a whole course of study that will then um, you know, grow me in, in the faith. So in some sense, you could do that with anything. And um, I just find that maybe this is it. The Greek philosophers were just very, very good at putting on the table those thoughts that have remained relevant all throughout the ages. That It's almost like they distilled the big ideas, the big issues uh, in their thinking uh, and writing. And um, and as you read it, you almost read a concentrate of the of the the most important things you need to be discerning about. Um, and, and just where there is a level of agreement, it's wonderful to see that and share that in common grace where it is 
uh, where you differ, it's wonderful to be able to to look at that and and, and know why you disagree and grow from it. Um, you know, like I say, you could do that from from interacting with any secular anything, but it's not going to ever be as distilled and uh, important as it is uh, you reflecting on a concentrated uh, meditation. Uh, to use Aurelius's uh, title there, but concentrated, sustained meditation on those uh, things, those big ideas, uh, the nature of being, um, of becoming, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, and um, many things more um, like that. So again, just something to get you thinking on Philosophy Friday and um, trying to tune your ears into some uh, different points of, of philosophy. Um and uh, we'll probably be back with Nick talking about some more apologetic stuff soon. But uh, as a bit of a as a bit of a breather to that, hope you enjoy that. Go and grab Marcus Aurelius, read through his meditations. You'll love it. Um, bless you. Have a great weekend. I'll see you. I'll talk to you tomorrow, and then uh, and we can carry on with some Smoking Saturday. Bless you. <laughs>